The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. In this episode, we talk about our fun and cute experience visiting an alpaca ranch and how that relates to staying open even when life disappoints. I'm Sienna. And I'm Toast. We're partners in love, life, and music. And we've been together since 2001. With each episode of this podcast, our goal is to help our fellow LGBT community members lift their lives to the next level. Mm-hmm. Iced coffee. Yep. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is Sienna. And this is Toast. Welcome to the alpaca episode. Yes, we're so excited to share with you our experience at the alpaca ranch versus farm. Toast corrected me earlier. <laughs> Do you want to explain that? Does that need any explanation? I, I, think, I think they get it. <laughs> But before we do that, we're, well, you know what? Actually, if you don't like alpacas, we are going to be talking about more things. Yes. So it's not just an alpaca episode. But who doesn't like uh, alpacas? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I think people don't know, like, it might not be a, a conscious liking on a person's part. Like, right, I right. love alpacas. Yeah, because it's funny how animals, certain types of animals come in and out of popularity. Like um, sloths were a thing. That's true. Right? For mm-hmm. a while. It's like, mm-hmm. that's weird and random, but okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And alpacas might be one of those where it's like, oh, that's cute. Meerkats that's were a cute. thing oh, that, at right. one point. Right. Right. So. Yeah. But I did. I really did think that even though I might be the more animally person. Of the two of, of us. Of the two of yeah. us. I do feel like you pretty much came alive. Like, I feel <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah. I feel like. You might have alpaca medicine. Like that might if be one of your totem spirit that's animals. That's one of the symptoms that might be true. Because well, here's, so. here's what just delighted me. When we pulled up to the ranch, there were, uh, there were two alpacas Sorry. in a pen. Very small pen, just right there. Right, right, right in the parking lot area. And as I was still in the car, you know, getting my bag and making sure I had everything that we'd need during the tour, you know, my phone and putting my wallet away and all that stuff, I heard these noises. Oh, they're so cute. That were, I think they they sounded like this. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. They they did. I heard these noises and, and I was just thinking, huh, what's that? That kind of weird is that somebody's car like that's a weird sound come to realize that's the alpacas making that's the noise they make so cute and right? that just won me over yeah i walked sound. up to them and they're looking at you with their big eyes and they're just going yeah <laughs> i mean it's such a i'm probably not doing it very well no it they sound like that it's a very yeah. very endearing sound and the whole night even after we got back toast was doing that sound all mm. night long mm. they're yeah. so cute yeah. so super, super cute. cute okay but before we move on into all the details about alpacas we did want to give a quick shout out to B. Louise, who is one of our newer podcast listeners. Thank you so much for listening, B. Louise. She found our podcast on Spotify. So yay. Yay. Yay, Spotify. Thank you, Spotify. Um, and we just wanted to give a shout out to B. Louise, who we know loves love like we love love. So we hope you're having a great day with you and yours. And thank you so much for messaging us. And it's for all, listening. Yeah. And for listening to the podcast. You. It's always so nice to connect with 
people. Yes. You know, yeah. because how many times do we really do that? I know for myself, sometimes, you know, if I don't really know someone, mm-hmm. but maybe I am friends with them on Instagram or whatever it might be, I might think like, oh, I would love to send them a message. But sometimes... But then you get shy. Oftentimes I don't. Yeah, yeah. You know, right, or... Right. I mean, I ha- I have done it. But so when people do send us messages, it's a re- it, it's very nice. Because I realize it's not just... It's not so easy to just... Right, know, exactly. Send someone a message. Because yes. so much of it is like, okay, well, what do I say? What do I... You know, and then it's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, it's so easy to not to do anything. It's right? so easy, it's so to, easy not. to just be passive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So props to the not passive folks. Yes. Be and Louise included. Yes. I mean, she is a writer. So, you know, it is part of her thing. So thank you for sharing. Okay. So speaking Yourself. of people yes. that we met, that ties into the alpaca story. Okay. Right? Yes, it does. Okay. So it was very cool. Oh, do you want to tell it? No, I want you to tell it. Okay, I'll tell it. So the planning, right? The whole thing with the alpaca ranch is that, and you know what's so interesting is that I just remembered, I got that for you as a gift. Yes. Right? One yes. of your birthday gifts. That was gifts. part of my birthday gift, yes. This this year for Toast's birthday, I got her experiences instead of my normal present palooza <laughs> of items. I got her experiences, and this was one of the experiences. And honestly, I really felt like, Okay, this is kind of for me. And that's fine <laughs> I'm too. Buying this for but... me kind of. But I know you like animals, but maybe I didn't because maybe they are your spirit animals. <laughs> but anyway, so we've had this since uh June, toast birthday month, and we kept you know going, "Oh, we got to schedule going to the uh ranch." We got a schedule going to the ranch, and we kept not scheduling it and feeling a little, you know, like, why aren't we scheduling this? So <laughs> we finally scheduled it. But what was so fantastic is that when we went on the tour, we met two incredibly kind, fun people to be around. And one of the things we discovered... And they're from Hawaii. Is that they're from Hawaii, which which many of you might know that, you know, well, maybe you don't know, but <laughs> Hawaii people will relate to whenever you meet other Hawaii people and you're not in Hawaii, <laughs> it's very special. I bet a lot of people feel special. that way, whether you're whether like you're whatever from... your hometown is, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it was so nice to be out in the middle of nowhere and we're all waiting for the tour. And everyone's there because, in general, they love animals. And so we were crowding around this, uh, I guess, their shop cat that they took very good care of, I have to say. Um, and that's how we we started chit-chatting and discovered, oh, my gosh, Hawaii. Come to find out. Hawaii. These guys from Hawaii, too. Yeah. yeah. And so it was so nice. And so... Anyways, how does that relate to us not scheduling this thing? There is a divine timing to life, and maybe we weren't scheduling those things, scheduling this this event, um, this excursion, because we were waiting to have this experience with these two people. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, so don't be so hard on so yourselves. May- yeah, so maybe there's no such thing as... We're running behind. Exactly. And, and you, you have to yes. catch up or, or that, you know, it's too late <gasps> or, yeah. yeah, or the time is out of joint. Maybe not. I know. Maybe everything does have a divine timing. And you know what? Yes. You are right on time. Exactly. If you, if you are trusting in that divine force. Yeah. If you are putting your trust and hope in that. I agree. I'd like to think so, too. I agree. Okay. Should we talk a little bit about, because I certainly didn't know the difference, the difference between alpacas and llamas? Yes. Okay. Do you want to share a few things? I don't know them. So okay. Well, I'm looking. <laughs> well, I, I only that, know all them. All I know is they're in the same family, right? The camelid 
family. Oh gosh, you know something? more than like, I don't know. Include llamas and camels, camels and alpacas mm -hmm. and who knows what else. Okay, I mean I could look up that. No, don't look that. What up. is that called? The camelid. What is that? Genus species. I don't know. This is okay, so hold on, not a me... science podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll look that up after this. Okay. But let me just do the easy don't, part don't first. Don't look that up. Don't look it up. Well, I'm a Google geek, it. and I kind of want to know. Oh my so, god. Um, okay, so here we go. So there are a few differences. One of them are their ears. So the alpaca has straight pointed ears. The llama has banana shaped ears. So look at their ears. The second thing is their wool. So llamas actually have no wool that's used for garments. Hmm. Okay. And with alpacas, that's why they raise them, right? Is to have the wool yes. for garments. And that's yes. one thing we learn is about all like the microns, how the the width of a certain animal's wool mm -hmm. makes it more or less valuable. Mm -hmm. And and what you need to know, if you do wear animal products, <laughs> is that right? Animal products. Mm -hmm. If you do wear clothing made from animals, that you might think the description as super fine means this is the finest. Or that, wow, it is super fine, literally super fine. But it's not. So don't fall for that. What you, If you want the best of the best and the softest of the softest, look for royal. And that is the softest you will get. That's the best. That is the best, royal. So, okay, so that. And number three, the face. Okay, so the face of an alpaca is a lot fuzzier and woollier than a llama. And a llama's face doesn't have that much hair. A llama's face is also longer than an alpaca. So you can also look at their face. But the fourth and probably the easiest is the size. So a llama is just so much bigger. Oh, that's right. And then llamas will kick more, yeah, right? Yeah, they kick like more. They're, they're more a little dangerous. more feisty. They're more yeah. dangerous. I remember when we first started the tour, one of the first things we learned at this alpaca ranch was that alpacas don't, their only defense is spitting and they will kick, but th because they're smaller, I guess they're just not very dangerous even when they do kick. Yes. And so this particular ranch owned two guard dogs, like two oh, I know. Those livestock dogs, so dogs. And I forget what the name of the breed yeah. was. I can look it up and put it in our show notes because I was super impressed with just the physicality and the physical presence of these dogs. I mean, they looked like they were dire wolves out of Game of Thrones. I they were know. awesome. They were yeah. so beautiful. They were so beautiful. Okay, wait. Actually, I have a few more differences. Okay. I thought it was just five. I'm sure um, there are many, let many me differences. See. I wonder, if, should I share? Okay, you know what? Let me just share this really quick. I'll okay, just really go down quick, the list. Really quick. Okay, so another difference is their, uh, the purpose. So... Llamas are known to uh, be able to carry heavy things for long distances. So they were used for that purpose. Where, al where alpacas, on the other hand, they're all woolly. <laughs> and, they, and it says here that they couldn't even carry a small child. <gasps> oh. So they're too small. Okay. Um, number six here, personality. Alpacas are very gentle and shy, while llamas are very confident and brave animals, which to your point, they will kick and spit at you. Um, okay, seven, strength. Alpacas can't protect themselves and need protection, which is why they have those guard dogs. Llamas, on the other hand, can and will protect themselves and therefore often serve as herd guards for mm. alpaca breeders. I didn't know that. Interesting. That makes sense. But can't llamas and alpacas interbreed? Yes. Which so that's probably why the, their fur Right. Or their right, role. Right. Okay, eight character. Alpacas are very intelligent and can learn tricks. Oh. But llamas seem to be too confident and proud and arrogant for that. It's like, I'm not going to do what you tell me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Spit on you. I know. Okay, and then the last oh my gosh, how funny. thing here. Alpacas are 100% herd animals. And need to be in a group to survive. Yes. While llamas are more independent-minded. 
I'm sorry. Yes. There's one more. Oh I, my this God. list keeps going. I'm sorry. Okay, there's really. Let me just scroll. Okay, yeah. This really is the last one. Okay, llamas are known for spitting quickly. Okay. Quickly when they feel threatened. Okay. Fast spit. Where alpacas are much more gentle and just spit as their last resort when mm. they're really angry mm. or really scared. Okay, so we should know that. And I will say... So then that means you don't have to be afraid when you're feeding them, Sienna. I know. I was. Right? So, I got a little afraid. Okay, what was so great about this tour is we didn't realize how much hands-on we were going to have with these animals. Right. Right? And we'll, we'll tell you where we went. So in case you want to try this. Yes, go. Yeah, and you're in the area. Go. And... Okay, so before we talk more about the feeding situation, because you can set that up and tell them about how the feeding went, okay. um, I do want to say that I started to panic the day before we had scheduled to go to this ranch because I started thinking that, oh, my God, I don't think I was responsible in choosing this gift. And I started to feel like I wonder if they're horrible to the alpacas oh. because I don't know about alpacas. And I really thought, oh, this would be a great fun gift. But I didn't really think through what is happening on this ranch. So you so, so I then started you started to research. So then you started wondering, are we going to a puppy mill for our Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. But, but we didn't. Here's what's fantastic. These people were so nice and they knew so much and you could tell they loved the animals so much. And one of their things was that every single animal has value. Even if, say, an alpaca is born and their wool is not of that super fine or even royal quality, every animal has value. And they just, they, they believe that and you could feel it from them. So I was happy to hear that. And they have a place in this functioning ranch yes like they, they give them they give them a role a job. that still yes uh, helps that still the whole matters community. yes absolutely yes. so i love that mm-hmm. and also that they have a cap on the breeding mm-hmm. so they're not just breeding 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 just to you know do that um so that was important but also i discovered that when they shear them first of all they only do it once a year which is great. But I also found out that for alpacas, they need to be sheared. So it's not like they're just, you know, taking this animal for their wool. They need to be sheared because alpacas can get mold underneath their wool wool, and their, their wool can get very matted. So they're sheared once a year in May. Yeah. And so I felt like, okay, this is a nice little, you know, arrangement here. Right. For these animals. Yeah, alpacas have been domesticated for thousands of years now. So oh. they have a symbiotic relationship with <laughs> with Homo sapiens. <laughs> so yeah, they need to be sure. Yes. Yeah. So so I felt better about that. But why don't you tell them about the surprise of the feeding activity? Okay, well before we get to that, I wanted to share Oh my gosh, did Again. you see? I'm sorry. Do you what? see how like look how at long how we've been talking is. about yes, alpacas? And we have the whole other thing oh, we're talking about. Okay, so let me <sighs> be quick about this. Well, no, you don't have to be First, quick. I just want to go back to the sound that they make. Yes. And just note that that sound that they make is not only cute sounding, mm-hmm. but it's also at a perfect cute volume. It's not loud. Yes. It's not too too loud. Like a duck makes a cute sound, like quack. But it's kind of loud. Right. It pierces. But the alpaca sound is cute, and it's at a nice volume. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's very true. How do I turn this the sound in your ears down? down? Yeah. Oh, this guy. I'm okay. sorry. This it's just, it feels a little loud today. Okay. Yeah, okay. getting excited. <laughs> the other thing we learned was that an alpaca, when, it, when an alpaca becomes pregnant... It stays oh pregnant gosh. for 11 months 11 before months. it gives birth. Oh, my gosh. 11 yeah, months. Yeah, it's kind of long. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yep. Um, okay, and this last thing that I just appreciated about the alpacas. Well, no, there's two last things. Okay. Well, we didn't even tell One about the One is when the ranch owner 
she called them. She's like, hey, girls. Like, she knew every one of them by name. They all look kind of the same to us, but she knew everyone by name, and she could tell us their personalities and which one would be the great one for the photo op. But she would call them, and they would come, and these alpacas would be way out in the pasture. Mm-hmm. What? Maybe, I don't know, but 50 they came. yards at least, 50 yards away, I think, and... You know, she would say, hey, girls, come on in. It's time for uh, snacks or whatever, right? Come on in. And you just wait a few seconds. And and here they come. alpacas come come trotting in. They just come trotting in. And this is the last thing I'll say in my fandom of alpacas is how (laughs) they walk. They just have a willowy kind of. They're so cute. Like graceful wobble. They're pretty buoyant. To the way that they walk. It reminded me of the movie Avatar. I don't have a super exact memory of how those aliens moved, Mm -hmm. but But it it just reminded me of this magical, mystical kind of way of walking. (laughs) And it's just delightful. They were, they, they, yeah, it was a great experience and I can't wait to go again. Yes, because we are going again. Because we are going again. We're going to take some some people there yes yes, yes. and i have some a feeling friends. we're gonna go a third time i wouldn't be surprised my cousin more, there. more people yes to take more people okay so here's a quick note oh i have to tell about the surprise though are you gonna say this before the note or a surprise how you said i, I should know, tell you surprise? the big surprise about the feeding there i said it it's not gonna be a <laughs> surprise anymore what? Okay, anyways. Wait, I, I do want you to share that because okay. I think that was just okay. so exciting. Okay. But I want to give our people closure okay. about uh, the family that they belong to. We're talking about alpacas, llamas, <laughs> oh my gosh, camels. Okay. okay. I said I was going to look it up because oh, I was curious. Okay. So you're right. Camelid. Camelid. Okay. Uh, so camelids are members of the biological family Camelidae. Sounds like a pet food company. You're thinking of Canidae. Mm-hmm. The only currently living family in the suborder Tylopoda. It's too. It's beyond me already. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> So all we need to know is camelids. Okay. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there's too much in this. It talks about the kingdom. Phyla. Phylum. Phylum. Class, order, super family, family. Okay. So anyways. Thanks, Darwin. Camelid. Okay. So, yes. Tell about that wonderful surprise. Okay. So the end of the tour... The grand finale was. That's true. Grand that finale. Grand finale was that the ranch owner, which was fantastic to get the tour by the owner herself. Yes. Like giving the tour. Very true. She had to sit down on a row of folding chairs. And then she walked along this row and handed each person a food dish. A giant food dish. A giant food dish, lightweight plastic food dish with little pellets and herbs and stuff in them food for the alpacas and then she opened the gate (laughs) and then a dozen alpacas come (laughs) ambling along in their cute willowy way and just start eating from the bowls right in your face right in your face that's when sienna got kind of scared because they they have big faces they have big faces, and if you're sitting and they're standing, they're taller than their you face is taller than you at that point, and they are right at you, eating from your lap, which you're holding the tray yeah. in their eating, food dish, and then they're eating, 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 and then they're looking up at you and wanting to put their face right next to your face. And they have big lower teeth. They do. Like that, there was one. It's like buck. Tooth, buck toothedness, but it's on the lower jaw. jaw. It's like an underbite. Yeah. Don't yeah, you think? Right, kind of like yes, an underbite, yes. right? And did you see that one, that white one? There that looked kind of. But the, the white one that had those really face? funny teeth. No, the brown one was in my face. He was oh. really cute, but he scared me a little. 
Oh, yes. I remember the white one with the yeah, funny like, teeth. what's yes. going on with you, yes. right? Yeah. That one Different. was a little scary to me. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just great. But it was great. But I don't, I don't know if, if when we go again, if I will feed them. I guess I, I, guess I can do it. Yeah. I guess yeah, I'll I think do it. Can. But I think you should do it. Because Toast opted to not do it so she could take video. Yeah, I should do it. I think you should do it. And yeah. I'll take video. Yeah. But then they also let you walk them. That's right. And after that, I guess if the owner sees that, okay, these people are behaving themselves with the feeding, <laughs> then if yeah, you want to, so you cute. can stand up and hold the little halter, the harness thing, and kind of just... it. The alpacas will kind of walk you. Right. You just hold oh, on yeah. to it. They will just move. hold on to yeah, it. You're really not then, walking them. And then if they move, then you then move. You move. Yeah. <laughs> but they're just so cute. They're yeah. so cute. So anyways. Okay, so the place that we went to is called Marquam Hill Ranch. And we'll put the link in our show notes if you want to see more pictures. So I know, I know we spent a lot of time talking about the alpacas. But really, we did have another message to share with all of you. Related. Um, related. And actually, it was really talking about our alpaca experience uh, that reminded us of this message in a way, in a, in a light way. Um, so one of the things that we said in the very beginning of what we're going to be speaking about on this podcast is how do you stay open when things don't seem to be going your way? Hmm. How do you do that? You know? Yeah. How do you That's, do that? You know what? I think that skill mm-hmm. and cultivating that a kind of culture that supports that Mm -hmm. that supports uh keeping keeping your heart keeping your soul full of light yes when even when you encounter darkness and darkness gets thrown at you right that being able to do that that's the secret of life right there right yeah it is. I mean, okay, if end you learn the story. Skill. Yep. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week. Um, yeah, you're totally you're you're totally right. And I feel like with the alpaca experience, I believe that that the day before or two days before, you and I had been talking about just meeting more people. You know, right. meeting more people, and- but not just anyone. You know, meeting people that we felt a um, connection with. Yes. And so the beautiful surprise from the universe and having met two wonderful people uh, with, you know, connections and roots in Hawaii, it was just such a special gift for us, especially after just having um, declared that, you know, having wanting that, um, having that vision for what we were ready for next. And so, you know, that did require us to remain open Mm -hmm. and not just assume that, oh, because we haven't met a lot of new people since being here in February, it doesn't mean we're not meant to meet (laughs) people, you know, and that there is another force at work here right. so just just a yeah just a quick sidebar for new listeners who may not know that oh, okay we moved here which is portland oregon in in february yeah yeah that's all oh okay so. <laughs> so anyway so i did think of a few things for everyone ourselves included to keep in mind and it's so helpful to keep these things in mind as we move through life as we do life um, and in order to really do life well. So one of the things is to, there's three things here I have. One of the things is to really know your vision. So know exactly what you want to create out of your life. Hmm. And sometimes that takes time. So to know your vision, but not cling to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So be aware, be detailed, but don't cling. Okay. Um, And we can talk, I mean, you know, each of these things can be its own podcast. But one of the things that the clinging does is it's a very contractive energy that doesn't allow flow. So sometimes we can find ourselves stuck if we are too clingy 
to the vision, the outcome that we are desiring. The second thing is to stay open. And what I mean by that, and I know you'll totally agree, Toast, Mm -hmm. is we need to have an openness. So just as we have a detailed vision and we're not clinging to that vision, we want to have an openness with this vision because one of the things we need to remember is that from our vantage point, we cannot see the whole terrain. Right. But what we do have access to is what we can see and what we are feeling. And if we trust in that and follow what we see and feel and trust in that and continue on, Mm -hmm. that will lead you, lead us to the better. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important to realize that we don't see the whole terrain. So what we think is the best for us might not be the best for us. Right. We can only see to a certain point. Mm -hmm. So that's how humility comes into play there. Yes. Yeah, totally. And then the last and the third thing is I learned about this phrase many, many years ago. It's probably like over 20 years ago, but it is such a good one. And the phrase is all this or better yet still Hmm. all this or better, all this or greater yet still all this or better. So that's a wonderful phrase to use when, uh, you write out your vision statement and your goals and the things that you want to create in your life to either have it at the top of the page or the bottom of the page, or if you prefer to do vision boards and you're more visual in that way and you have images on your board, to have it up at the top or on the bottom right-hand corner, all this or greater yet still, because that denotes a that denotes that openness that I'm talking about yeah. that we need to have. So if we have a phrase that we can lean on um, to that supports that, I find it to be super helpful. So that allows us to totally vision out, feel out the vision, to totally immerse yourself in it, to even want it, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. To not let yourself be afraid of wanting it, Mm -hmm. yet to pull the energy back to an open space, all this or greater yet still. Leave yourself open at the top, Because, again, we can't see the whole terrain, and we don't want to move from desiring to clingy. Mm -hmm. And manipulative. Yes. The clingy I associate with manipulation and being over-controlling. Yes. Yes. There needs to to be an allowing vibe. So sort of like one of the podcasts we spoke about that we, uh, we talked about expansive, what feels expansive, or what feels contractive. So when you think about that clingy, desperate, God, this has to happen for me. Desperate. That's a good descriptor. Yes, that's contractive. But when you're like, okay, this is what I'm programming for. This is what I'm going to do. This is a, you know, I'm coming from the vision. All this or greater yet still. That feels very expansive and open. What that... It uh, feels like to me as you're describing it, mm-hmm. it really reminds me, and maybe this is how you and I might be different. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. It feels to me like a true partnership with spirit. True yes, partnership I agree with, with I agree God. With you. Having, yes. right? Yeah, cool. Yes. Like having that openness, like your point number two about staying open, To m- what I associate that with immediately is I'm staying open because it's not all up to me exactly it's i i am working together with yes my yes however you want to say it yes our, our, the, the energy great, the great mystery the with the ancestors yes. with the great grandfathers and mothers right working together with the divine i'm not alone mm-hmm. i'm not alone in this mm-hmm. and that's where the humility comes into all this. This is what I want from my small little vantage point of what I can see. Mm-hmm. But I trust that I'm, it's not just, just you. Yeah. What I can see. Yes. And there is yes. more to be seen that the great spirit right. is aware of. So I'm working mm-hmm. and I'm submitting myself to guidance yes. from that eternal intelligence as well. Yes. And I think that, 
in a very generalized way, people fall into, tend to fall into two categories. They fall into the category of, it's not up to me, it's God. Yeah, so whatever And happens, I'm sorry, I don't mean to so well, offend anyone like that. who has a belief where it is all God. Um, at one point in my life, I thought that as well. Uh, but for myself, I've come to believe differently. So I do think that there are a lot of people who feel that way. It's not up to me. It's all God. And then that's one camp. And then the second camp is people believe it's all up to them. And they just have to know what they want and go for it. And they're driven and but they're going to really, make it happen. But I've come to realize that we are co-creators. It is the partnership you're talking about. So it's both. There's a place for yes, both. Yes. And when you can embrace that and really learn the tools, utilize them to their fullest, that's when you're really doing life well. And again, it doesn't mean and, that everything is smooth sailing, but you know how to handle things that come your way yeah you know okay this is reminding me of one of my favorite sayings and this is like my saying okay okay (laughs) should we should we tweet this (laughs) is this a tweetable well this came about because i would always be troubled by the assertion that the world is perfect Everything is perfect. The universe is perfect. And something about that sentiment, mm. just I couldn't be like in full uh, blind agreement with that. You're going to tell me, you know, everything is perfect. And I, I figured out that the, I think the reason that I couldn't just be like, okay, yeah, the world is perfect is because the question is perfect for what? For what? Mm -hmm. What is your definition of perfect, right? Yes. So the thing is, the world is perfect. Okay. For what? It's perfect for process. Mm. That's it. That's what it's, that is what it's perfect for. Very true. (laughs) I hear you. Yeah, it is perfect for process. It's all about process. Yeah, that's kind of. I don't know if you can argue against that. I think it is perfect for process because whenever something happens, that's not the end of the story because something else is going to happen after that. It's things are always in motion. It's mm-hmm. a very dynamic place. Mm-hmm. The world is perfect for process. And so I think our experience of a quote unquote perfect life is one that engages in a conscious way with that process Yes, and sees ourself ourselves and our being our entity our organism as a process mm-hmm. so you don't have to stay resigned right. to the situation that you're in mm-hmm. now or resigned to the way you are now because hey this world is perfect for process yes you can keep going exactly. procession you keep going what's the next thing right and something that i have learned in that along the lines of what you're saying, using that phrase, like if we go back to that phrase of all this or better yet still. Mm-hmm. When I used to be more cynical, <laughs> I used to think in your process, in my but process, you, but you have evolved in beyond that. My process of becoming, I used to think that that catch all phrase was a, um, like a cop out. Yeah. 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 Like, okay, well, yeah, you know, I'm going to believe, but if it doesn't happen, then Okay then it must be that it's going to be better. But I'm just going to say, but I'm going to be, this is going to make me feel better by saying that it's this or better. But as I have lived, (laughs) I've realized that it is so true. It's so totally true. And with that, whatever does happen, if it doesn't happen the way you would like it to happen, that phrase, all this or better yet still, is real. So even if things don't go exactly your way in the in the present moment, in the present moment, whatever is happening is for your betterment. It is leading you to better. 
And it is the process that Toast is talking about and how we handle and show up for those challenges mm-hmm. and yep. show up for those disappointments is dictates everything else that will happen from that. Yeah. How because we stay again, engaged with that process. Yes, because we are co-creators. We are co-creators. So you don't just, I mean, I guess you could choose to just be resigned. Like, to, like Tosa was using an example of saying that. Make, yeah. That is a choice. Mm-hmm. But we're always meant to grow and to become and to engage in this process and be an active participant that that won't last long. You know, so it might be a part of your process. I'm going to be resigned. But then you will come, you, you will have that part of you. If you're listening to this if, podcast, you are into growing yourself. Right. So it'll be a drop in the bucket of your life. Like, okay, I'm going to be resigned. And then, but you will. And you will produce results in alignment with that resignation. With that but until you decide. You're to, ready. Yeah. But, but if and when you're, you want to produce mm-hmm. A different future result, then yep. you can do that because yep. the world is because perfect for process. process. Yes. And okay, so, anyways, what's it's 40? We're 40 minutes. Okay. I was getting all excited. I know. I was like, I'm, I'm all excited now. Talk about all this other stuff, but I don't think we have time. So, why don't I just, um, I'll give just a quick example. I don't even think we need an I don't example. think we need an example. I we think don't. we can just leave it. Yeah. Well, let me just say a quick one. <laughs> Just a really quick one because I feel like, you know, we said, oh, there's an example and then we didn't say the Did example. We? Oh, okay. and then I didn't it's even like, remember oh, that. We're not going to tell you didn't it remember now. remember that. Okay. That feels really rude. Yeah, that's, that's um Okay, but I'll just tell it in like five sentences. Okay, so I was in college studying social work and I loved it. And I did really well in my program. I was um, one of two top students in my program because I just resonated with it, had so much passion for it. And my step after graduating with my social work degree was to go on to the master's program. And I didn't, I never thought I wouldn't get into the master's program. And, and I didn't. Probably the, I didn't get what? into the master's program. <laughs> I mean, if you were if you were the number two student in your entire class, of course you would think you would get into the master's program. Why not? Why wouldn't right. they want the top two students in their master's program? Right. But you didn't get in. I didn't get in. So you can imagine that when I got my letter, and this was all part of my plan, this was part of my vision, right? My vision for my life. I was going to then go on to the master's program and then keep going on and do some research and all this stuff. So I had it all planned out. And then I received my letter saying that I didn't get in the summer before the program started. And then I was like, what? I had no plan B. So for me, this is an example of a disappointment that felt way more than, you know, oh, this is a disappointment. I mean, it was life shattering for me at the time because I didn't know what else to do. And it's so late. It's like, where else am I going to apply? I didn't even bother applying to other master's programs because I loved where I was. I did well where I, where I was. And I just thought I would get in. So anyways... What that, so I decided, okay, at the time, social workers weren't licensed in Hawaii, and I decided, what else can I do? So why don't I, so this is how crazy my thinking was, why don't I apply for the law school in Hawaii, see if I can get in there, just see if I can get in, and then if I can get in, then at least I'll have something to do, and that will give me... (laughs) That will give me um, the platform behind my social work degree because, you know, we don't even have licensing. I thought, hey, you know what? Maybe this is a good idea because I would have more um, uh, education um, in a way that can help my clients. Um, right. If you can navigate the legal system. Yes. Right. Because lawyer, so attorneys about and yep. social workers mm-hmm. have to work together. Right. 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 So I thought, oh. This will be a great platform. So then that got me to apply. And I got, I, I like the, with the due date of the application, like it was just crazy, but I got my application in and then I got in and then I was in school, but here's, here's the thing. So I truly, as I look back on my life, I see 
that me not getting into the master's program was the universe supporting me in what I really wanted to do, which was music. Crazy. And I did not know. I w- That's how removed I was. From your soul. From my soul. From my soul. Because when I was in law school, it was very stressful. And it shook me up so much because it was unlike anything I had done before. Um, as far as their method and how you came to class and what you were expected to know and the challenges and all that. And I was so stressed at this new system that my friends started to see how stressed I was. And one of them in particular would say, come on, come, let's go singing. And believe it or not, I used to love music in high school. And I sang in some competitions there. But I really, I let go of that side of me after high school because it was kind of like, okay, that was fun and all, but now I got to get cracking and decide what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And so with this friend saying, hey, let's go singing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help you with your stress. First of all, it really helped me <laughs> with my stress so much. And I became so much more in touch with that joyful side of me and how I did want to express. So it's still a fifth chakra thing, expression, right? So instead of expressing about a case and law and various angles and points of view and what's right, what's not right, and how you can argue it, so that's a very vocal thing, I wanted to express through music, also a vocal thing. So I feel like if I had gotten into that master's program, I would have been happy as a clam, just kind of going on with my program, enjoying it. But I really feel like another part of you would have died. Another part of me would, have, dead, would, have, would have died and I wouldn't have gotten to feel the contrast that I did when I was in law school. Hmm. Like your world would have remained small in a way. Yes. I really woke up when I was in law school because I Mm -hmm. had to be alert, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know when you're going to get called on. And then when you get called on, you're standing there for 25 minutes with the instructor. It's like you had to be so present. And I think that presence helped me to recognize how I did want to express in life. Mm. And it wasn't in that mode. Mm. And then that is what, my reconnection with music got me to then study music, and then that got me to move to California, and then that then That's I got to meet met. you. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, some might argue, okay, well, that would have happened anyways, or if you're destined for that, that would have happened. But again, it's, it's a co-creative experience, and I could only see as far as my next step is the master's program. So when that didn't happen... I chose another route that was so stressful. It reunited me with music. And then that really woke me up. Mm -hmm. So it was for the better. Even though at the time I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't get into this program. This was my life. This was my plan. So, but life goes on. Life, oh my gosh, it so goes on. And life is there for you (sighs) if you will work with it. Yes. It's for you. There for you all the time. And you know what? I'm not cut out to be a social worker. Well, because you're an empath. Because I just, yeah, I mean, my practicum was so hard because I felt so much for everyone. And it was hard to turn people away, you know, on yeah, a Friday. Especially for an empath. To live. Like, so what is hard. the book? What is the book about empaths? Judith Orloff? For people who, who may be listening, who may be empaths, yes. and yes. who could really Judith Orloff. Use, Dr. Use Judith this Orloff. I saw her for a few sessions. She is amazing. She has a book out called, well, she has many books, but the one book that really helped to validate certain experiences of, of my own and really to help empower me is called Positive Energy. So we can put that in the show notes. Okay. Um, but yeah. she does, let me just make a note here. Just like how the Dodging Energy Vampires helped people. Oh my this gosh. Positive Dr. Energy Christian Northrop help people. Yes. So yeah. let's put the, let's put the, 
energy vampire one here. Because this is now, I mean, we've got to wrap this oh up. Oh, my God, I know. I said that. I, that took more than five sentences. That was sentences. more than five sentences, but that's okay. It's important. <sighs> but I think this empath, it relates, right? Mm-hmm. You are an empath, so I can see how being a social worker would be right. Really like, is that in my highest? On you. Is that in my highest good? Not if I'm killing myself to help other people. You would literally I won't be last. killing yourself. Yeah, I won't last. Yeah. Right. So, the, just the fact or just the concept of what empaths are. Mm-hmm. is not mainstream knowledge in our society but i think it should be mm-hmm. so if you feel if you listener if you feel like yeah you people call you oh you're too sensitive yeah then check this book out check the book positive out. If, energy if you have habits where like at, at say at a movie theater you need to sit on the end versus in the middle of a row that can often be a sign if you find yourself at a party and you tend to peter out at a certain point, you're like, oh, I just got to get out of here. And you love the people you're with. That might also be a sign. So, I mean, there's so many different things. And we can even have a podcast about this. But, all right. Okay. So, thank you so much for listening. We hope you got something out of this thank particular episode. Thank you for listening. And I think we need to end this episode because toast wants to eat chili tonight <gasps> that's right oh my gosh we're gonna make and it's chili, so funny because she d- you rarely have a request for like hey can you make a food item yeah and the fact that she requested this like this was a craving from this morning and the fact that the craving has lasted you must really need that i must and i'm happy to make I that must. for you all right thank you okay I think that's it for now. Okay, guys. So if you enjoyed this episode, we hope you did. Please check out the show notes. We're going to put links in there. Sign up on our email list. Join Life Club. Do a review. Click five stars. And stay in touch with us. Yes. All right. Until next time. This is Sienna. And this is Toast. Telling you to love life. Live Live free. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.